this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. They don't drink milkshakes, I assure you. I have two guns, one for each of you. With the power of Grayskull. Well, there's nothing like experimenting. So today we are going to be discussing the highly anticipated Avengers Endgame. We lost. All of us. We lost friends. We lost family. Today we have a chance to take it all back. We will. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. It's a really hard theme to do. It is a hard <laughs> theme to do, but it's a really good theme, though. Okay, so this is going to be the most non-spoilery review ever, and then... We're going to get into spoilers. Yes. Because it's been out for almost a week, so more than likely you have seen this movie. Almost a week. Um, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Sorry, I'm stuttering. Um, I think we'll... Basically, I just think, not without even saying anything, we should just give our overall thoughts on it, our conclusion to start, and then go to spoilers. Okay, okay. Well, you, you start for you start. Okay, I think Avengers Endgame is a masterpiece. I've okay. seen it two twice now. I went to see it a third time yesterday. It didn't work out, but... I think this is the one, the perfect example of why the superhero genre is as big as it is. Mm. Um, the acting is outstanding. The story is the culmination of 11 years now of build up and adventure after adventure. It's heartwarming. It's funny. It'll break your heart. It is just... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's very fair. My thoughts on Avengers Endgame is that, yes, it is a fantastic film. If you, more than likely, you like us have been following this franchise, if, if either by every film or you just come in and out for Avengers or for a certain character, this film is going to work for you. It is going to make you feel so many emotions. It's thrilling. It is very, very funny. It The effects are jaw-dropping and generally... It's very rare that we get an actual conclusion to any kind of franchise. Because normally in, in any superhero franchise, you'll get an ending to a story, but it will set up then another story yeah. after this. It's very, very rare to find a film that actually concludes a story. And that's what this film has done, and that's why I really love it. Um, I have this thought when I was watching it, that um, I sometimes when I'm watching movies in the cinema, or even at home, from like the last 10 years or films that came out in the last 10 or 15 years mm -hmm. sometimes thinking man I wonder what it was like to be like our age in the 80s or even younger and watching like Back to the Future Ghostbusters Indiana Jones Star Wars and just thinking oh, this is like peak cinema like you can't get much better than this like and then a lot of times you're watching movies now you start thinking back to the old ones and like man I wish we had a classic along those lines I firmly believe that Avengers Endgame is that classic. I, I, I can agree with that, yeah. I think regardless of how people may view the quality of the film, it has gotten into the cultural consciousness and it is that embedded in people. 
and the fact that it's also just a really good film and just it has so much to offer and has so much to tell I don't even mean like, the cultural I, like, like, I just even, mean the movie just even the movie own. in general it is a classic and it's it, I think more than the other films in the MCU it's going to be remembered like even though like they, the MCU as a whole will be like just has such a lasting legacy in cinema I feel like Endgame because they've stuck the landing so well I think it's going to be remembered for years yeah this is it's just amazing. Um, I could throw all the hyperbolic, hyperbolic, hyper, you, I can't even hyperbolic. say it, the very word. Um, I could throw all those words at this film and I wouldn't do it justice. I am in love with this movie. I want to have Avenger Endgame children and just live a nice life on the farm. <laughs> um, I think then we can go into spoilers. If for some reason you have not seen Avengers Endgame, Please go until a point in which future Scott will tell you in a second. Are you going to edit it in? Yes, I'm going to edit it in. Here's the thing I want to ask you about Endgame. Because, of, first off, were you ever bored during Endgame? No. Because neither was I. And second... Do you feel that it is consistent the whole way through and there's not one part of the film that it dips at all? I actually do believe this because I have a reason for it. And I saw, I saw Infinity War three times in cinema mm. and every single time I seen Infinity War I went to the toilet at the same bit when um, Scarlet Witch and Vision are in Scotland. Every time I was like, this is too, this is too much for me. Okay. And I left. Just for... Two seconds, I came back and we got to fight and Cap emerged from the shadows. But with Endgame, which is a three-hour runtime, which isn't as bad as people have been making out because you don't feel it. No. But there is not one point in this movie where like, yeah, no, I need to go out just for a bit of air or I'm just bored. Mm-hmm. I was gripped from start to finish. I really don't get that whole thing of people leaving a film halfway through to go to a to- the toilet or leaving... Like, it's different when you're at home because you can pause it. You can't pause a movie in a cinema. So I don't see the point yeah. of ever going out, like, people saying, like, oh, just hold it, like, or whatever. Sometimes you can't, though. I know, I, I understand. Some... That's when you get a bottle or one of those fucking... And sometimes you have... Po- no, actually, if anyone pees in the cinema during this, I'm going to be very mad. The worst part is that I feel like it's going to happen. I mean, did you hear what happened yesterday? Like, a man got day. beat up. A man got beat up for shouting spoilers, which... Justified. It's <laughs> like I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna lie. He was like, don't go out in the streets and just start sharing spoilers. I have um, before we get into spoilers. While we're on the topic of spoilers in general, mm-hmm. I was at um, a house party once, and it was the day the Force Awakens came out. Yeah. But I missed the midnight opening, and I was going to go see it the next day. Okay. And so on. Spoilers for Force Awakens. Stood up on a table and started proclaiming. What happens to Oh fuck off Yeah That's just mean So Do you want to We can break this down Bit by bit And just start I think The best way to do this Is go from start to finish For the film Yeah we could Yeah or Yeah let's do that I think that's probably The best way The opening of the film Is so mean It's so fucking mean (laughs) It is so mean no, because you like you see like the moment you see Hawkeye, you're like, oh, I know what's coming. <laughs> like, <laughs> he looks so happy, and he's like, they're about to have uh, hot dogs or burgers. Yeah, it was like with mayonnaise. Yeah, like, who puts like, mayonnaise in a hot dog? Like, 
Um, and he's teaching his daughter how to shoot a bow and arrow, and it's really like, oh no! I love how she gets, she hits the bow. I'm like, way to go, Hawkeye! Like, ah, oh, Hawkeye really does have it all. Nothing will go wrong. And I do think it's, I do. What I really love is that he doesn't actually see them get dusted. It's like, just as he turns yeah. away, they're gone. Yeah, that was really good, actually. Yeah. And you can see when when the daughter disappears, you can actually see the dust, mm. or you can't see it with the others. Yeah, I like that. And um, Jeremy Renner just is stellar throughout this movie. This is Jeremy Renner's best performance in his whole MCU. Maybe one of his best performances of his career so far. It's up there. Like, it's up there. He's just stellar. And it's not even just, like, down to the fact like, that he's playing a guy who's mourning his whole family. Throughout the film, he is just... He's given the best moments the character has ever gotten in the whole like franchise. Yeah. Like, it's probably the best the character will ever be. Unless, until they decide to do the Hawkeye TV series, which I would love. I'm down for that. I think he'd work much better in the TV series than he would in his own film. And screw Marvel for killing Linda Cardellini. Oh. I can't handle that. She's, like, Linda Cardellini's such a good actress. Like, don't kill Linda Cardellini in films. Yeah, and then, um, so everyone turns to dust. Hawkeye is a bit like, damn, oh, this crap. just happened. And we, we... We then smash cut to... Some... some peculiar song choice for the yeah album. I was gonna say that's like one of the, uh, that'd be like I feel like a lot of my gripes are just gonna end up being little nitpicks like because I do have some gripes and this is just like one of them which is we've just seen this really emotional bit and then it breaks into like acoustic guitar yeah it breaks into acoustic guitar and I'm just like that they should have just let See, it didn't bother me it, did, it didn't bother me like but I mean because I saw it the second time as well but then I was just like doesn't let the moment land I didn't really have a look that I thought I actually thought the song choice was really good, but it was more so that I wasn't Infinity War before it. I was like, oh, Infinity War didn't have any songs. Well, Infinity War just went straight into the credits. It didn't have a cold open. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Or No, because like, no, um, no, you're wrong because it, it goes... didn't Because it had logos first and then went into no, the... No, it had... Did it not go to... Lo- oh, no, you're right. Sorry. I'm thinking of has a banner going through the earth. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's when Infinity War. No, they, they have the logos first yeah, and then no, it goes right. into it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we, we then cut to the song playing and we cut to Tony Stark in space. Yeah. And he's not having a good time. <laughs> it's just him. He's ne- practically dead. <laughs> he's just him and Nebula playing about, which I really like um, Karen Gillan in this film as Nebula. I think it's... Okay, we... Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, so yeah, Nebula was a character I didn't care. About. Can I keep going or? Yeah, I keep going. Fine, it's fine. Yeah, um, Nebula was a character I didn't really care about until this movie. Um, I found her to be quite underwritten mm-hmm. to a certain extent, yeah. and I thought that emotionally it was just anger um, through Karen Gillan. Whereas in this movie, I feel that she gives a much more complex performance really like she's really allowed to go through the emotions like a lot of characters in this they're not mm. confined to just one character trait which i really like yeah so um yeah tony's about to die we see that bit in the trailer with he presses the helmet and it's a very it's quite an emotional speech like he gives yeah i'd say this is my favorite performance by robert downey jr in his whole career really like yeah i think this is the best he's ever been as well as tony because of how much he does. Personally, I'm, st- I'm still on that Civil War train. That's fair. Like, I, I understand that. But for but me... He's still outstanding. 
he's out like this is I'm seeing certain people saying that if this was to go to the Oscars they want them to push RDJ for best actor I push happens I I be I'd be kind of say I'd be mixed I I wouldn't I wouldn't I would push both but like it wouldn't happen yeah but yeah we're in space with Tony and he's about to die he's he's like got a bit of oxygen left he keels over and Nebula puts him to bed in a chair and then there's a glowing light and who would it be but Captain Marvel yeah, <laughs> yeah. come to save the fucking day and brings him straight back to Earth I was inside. About six minutes he's on Earth again. Yeah, I was put on like I thought there would be like the first quarter would be Tony in space and then Captain Merrill then comes and gets him and brings him back. But no, it's like the first six minutes. I really like that though. I really like that too. I was like, oh was not expecting that at all. Um, yeah, I actually with this movie one of the things that struck me the first time I was watching it was it didn't go the way I anticipated at all. But which sort of threw me a little bit that I was sort of had to pull myself back in at times and be mm. like, I need to remember, like, just maybe don't go in with really not high expectations because it is an amazing movie, but don't try and think you know what's gonna happen. Yeah, don't because feel because it will confuse you a little bit. Exactly, when it doesn't. exactly. Don't feel like you know what the plot should be. When yeah, the plot is not gonna be that because the plot decides to take a big L U turn, kind of. Well. It goes in a way you don't expect because I think from some people might think of the trailers that the whole film is just they're going after Thanos, they're going to try and get the Infinity Gauntlet back and it's going to be grand. But they end up, what happens is they get the team together, Tony has a bit of a freak out. One of my favourite scenes. Mm. He, I, I think I'm pretty sure that was CGI because he looked so frail and limp. Yeah. Like, but he, like, he looked like shit. But I also do love that the first thing he says to Cap is like hey how are you? I lost the kid. Like, that was like, oh, oh, that's... Yeah. Uh, and it's been... How long was he in space? Three he was weeks? in space for three weeks, yeah. Three weeks, yeah. Yeah, so, like, that's so fair. But they basically all... The Avengers all decide, right, we know where Thanos is now. Nebula's just told us where he is. Let's go and kill this son of a bitch, as oh. Kat said. Like, I did say language when he um, swore. Like, I was like, hey. language. <laughs> that was... I love that line. Mm. Do we... Do we cut to... Yeah, we cut we then. Cut then we cut then to, like, they're flying to... No, we cut to... No, no, no. Yeah, they cut to tile, cut to tile mm. and then they're going after Thanos. They're going to the planet. And one of my favourite shots in the entire movie, which the Russo brothers, we haven't mentioned yet, direct the shit out of this. Oh, yeah. But the shot of um, Captain America's eyes as they're going into hyperdrive into That's space. That's a beautiful shot. This whole film has so many gorgeous, gorgeous shots. Like, far better than the rest of the Avengers films in my opinion yeah I like agree. I think I think the Russos really understand what works and what doesn't with these with, with the cinematography and I think and this one just oh it's just so good I'm just having a little look here just, just well actually can I I want to ask you this out of the other two Avengers movies other than like the the team shots what major shots can you remember from those films the other three? Did you the, other, the other two. The ones that weren't directed by oh, the Russo's. Oh, okay. Um, Infinity War... Or Infinity War, no, yeah. sorry. Um, the original the Avengers. S- okay. The first shot that isn't a hero shot. I honestly can't really think of too many. Um, I think I think for me, because the original Avengers is a really great film, but is very much shot like a TV film. Yeah. 
it doesn't it like I, there's not really much memorable cinematography I think there's more memorable cinematography in the second one but a lot of it also is also like team shots that are very CGI heavy which nothing wrong with that like but it's very much like just team there's no like individual shots of characters and I'm like oh that just looks really cool what about Thor in the cave <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> um, but um, yeah then we come back to like Infinity well, War Civil War Winter Soldier all the Russell films have such great cinematography though. well that's because um, Trent o- Opalock is the cinematographer for all the Russo brothers do you know what else he's cinematographer though District 9 District 9 <laughs> so he, I was like he's, at it. No, he's, he's Neil Blomkamp's like main cinematographer and he's such a good cinematographer I love I hope he does gets more work after this because he deserves what? it he says he's going to be in Cherry which I think is the Russo Brothers next film and it is um, yeah. hell yeah I am down for that Tom Holland but right so where, where were we so they get to Thanos' planet and they find Thanos and take him down fairly easily Oh, like it takes gosh. them like two seconds because they all they all just gang the fuck up on him. And Thanos is kind of two faced at this stage. Thanos like Thanos, Thanos looks like hell. Like he we we have like a couple shots of him just like walking in his farm and looks and like he's kind of like peaceful. He's in his like farm outfit. Yeah, that looks. I don't know what, where he got that from or I, how he made it. I was hoping for a Thanos beard. Oh, you know what? Like I would would that just be like a lined beard? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what color it would be, but that's not important. What I mean, is it? Would be black, I feel. Or would it? I don't, I don't know. know. He, doesn't, he doesn't have any hair. Maybe is his planet hairless? No, you know what? Uh, you know, it's too much, <laughs> too, too much, too much. But anyway, they get in and Thor immediately cuts off his arm. That was like such a clean, like, oh. Yeah. Oh, he means business. And then they look at the gauntlet and they're just like, where's the stones? And it turns out that he's destroyed the stones, which that's very, very in character. That's a very much... Yeah. From, what, the, 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 from the Thanos we've gotten, the pragmatic villain that he is, of course he would destroy them. To use to, to destroy the stones, you have to use the stones. Because mm. I am inevitable. Uh, and then we get a moment that I full-on did not expect. Oh it's my that God. early, which is Thor cuts his head off. I, my jaw hit the floor. Along with his head. Oh, uh, the fact that we also see the head getting cut off too. Like they make it. Like they do. It's not a case of the you hear the sound they cut away. No, you full on see his head get taken off. Nowhere. Out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's Thor's best moment in the movie by far. Because as we're talking about a little bit, he goes on a route that we did not expect. Yeah, which we'll, we will talk about how we feel about that. Sorry, but um. I love the shot of Gamora going over to the head and closing the eyes. Nebula. Or Nebula, sorry. Thank you. And um, then... Then, th- like, then Thor is just walking away. And, like, it's like, oh. I do like that he's like, he went for the head. I went for the head. I That got a few laughs in my, in my screening. Like, yeah, no, it did. And I was like, that's, that's not funny. <laughs> I was like, shit. And cut black five years later. Because when I did five, I was full on like, oh, are they, is it going to be five weeks, five months? And then it was like years of like, oh, shit. Yeah. I knew there was going to be some kind of time jump in the film. Like, I, I kind of got that from the trailers. But five I didn't, years. I didn't expect five years. And uh, we comment on the world's fucked. Yeah. Um, what I really like about the first act is how we get to see how everyone sort of dealt with the five years that have passed. But like, not even like... It's not even in like a big obvious way. Like you have Cap is leading a survivals group and stuff like that. Like it's so in character for him mm. to like try and 
even though they can't rally people up for a fight at this stage, he just wants to rally them to be the best themselves yeah. they can be. And I'm just like, that's cap. That's yeah. just cap. He's such a lovely boy. He is such a, he's such a, like, I think one thing I love about this film is that while he is still very much the boy scout, he's very much mellowed out a bit. He's much more like willing to have, not necessarily have fun, but like take risks. You yeah. I me? Mean? He's not more so like, I need to follow America because America. Right? Yeah. Um, I really like that bit in the group chat with the guy telling his story about he's on a date with a guy yeah. and um, he's like saying how he started crying when dinner came and then the other guy started crying by dessert. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't just like, well, at least you have a second date. Oh, oh yeah, at least he has. But you do know who that was, right? The actor? Yeah. No. That was Joe Russo. What? That was the director, Joe Russo, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, directed the film. I didn't know that. Because I saw that and I was like, hey, how you doing, man? Jerusalem yeah. Brothers are a bit like the chain smokers to me. I'm aware <laughs> of their work, but I don't really know what they look like. That's fair. No, but I saw him and I was just like, oh, oh, that's nice. Like, And like, I, I also would like that he was just talking about going out with the, like, it was like going on it. One of my mates, one of my mates saw, saw it after his injection, he was just like, I'm really glad he, that he said, oh, I'm just going on a date with this guy. And I was like, yeah, I'll be up the gay. And I was like, okay, all right, Grant, I don't. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> I, I got off topic for a second. I'm, this film's going to do that to me. Um, wh- does it go to Ant-Man then? Uh, no, no, we have a moment with... Oh, yeah, actually, no, we... So, as we were saying, like, we're seeing like, kind of people picking the pieces. We see what the other Avengers are doing and that all the surviving ones have kind of just been all over the earth trying yeah. to keep the peace. It's annoyed by how little Danny Garay was in this movie. Yeah. Do you know, like that whole kerfuffle about her being on the poster and now I'm like, okay, now I kind of see why you didn't put her, in the post, put her on the name of the poster because she's barely in the she's film. She's in two scenes. She's in two scenes, like the start and the end. Yeah. Which, although I'm not going to lie, personally, what would you have actually used her for because she was basically running Wakanda? Yeah. And I feel like it was the film was overkill with characters anyway, if you needed to add more in. But like Black Panther 2 would be interesting if it had sort of like a leadership... Uh, tr- what do you call it? A leadership Pop- role, yeah. Yeah, between like Black Panther and... Um, what's the character's name? Uh, uh, Shuri? No, not Shuri. T'Challa? Danny Garay's character. Uh, Okor- Okoye. Okoye and... Um, Oh my god, my name's gone blank. A Black Panther's real name? Oh my god. T'Challa. T'Challa, oh my god. Okay, yeah, but yeah, we get to see what everyone's doing. Um, Captain Marvel is out in space with a spiffy new haircut, which I was feeling like, yeah, no, that's a much better haircut. Keep that haircut. Don't give her long hair again. Like, no, like, that's how she looks in the comics, and she looks much better with that hair. Really? Yeah, she has the short hair in the comics. Like, with that suit, yeah. Yeah, Brie Larson has surprisingly little to do in this, but whenever she is there, I really enjoyed her again. Also, that also is kind of okay with me, because I really wouldn't have enjoyed... I don't think I would have liked it if it was... If it was nothing on Cat Marvel and Brie Larson as an actress. I feel like, honestly, like, rethinking Cat Marvel and rethinking the film, it's a good character. She is a good character. It's a good act. She's a good actor. But I wouldn't have liked Captain Marvel to be so heavily involved in the story. I think where they pick and choose having her is fine. Yeah. Even though it kind of renders her as a plot device. Yeah, like maybe even if they threw in a scene where she goes to see what happened to her pilot friend, whose mm. name I do not recall. Yeah, well, that, yeah, I wouldn't it's mind the, that. Yeah, she went to the family to make sure they were okay. Mm. But um, nevertheless, I was happy with her in it. 
We then pick up after Natasha, like how Natasha and Kat have a conversation over a peanut butter sandwich. They then hear a knock at the door because who will be at the door but Scott Lang, who has just come out of the quantum realm, and for him it's been five hours, but and he doesn't know what the hell is going on. Can we also give a shout out to just how good Paul Rudd is? Because he nearly made me cry in the first, in his first two minutes on screen. Because he comes out, and I did like that he came out in a... Where the van was, was in a place called... Uh, um, Pick out or something? No, but it was, it was he came out in a place called... Uh, the actual like slot his van was in was called 616. What is the reference to? Uh, in the Marvel Universe in the comics is called Earth 616. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. And I'd like to give um, a, a different shout out to mm-hmm. Ken Jeong. Oh um, yeah, that's a lot. I was just like, hey, man. He was rounded out. The, him and the cat, um, Yvette Nicole Brown. Yeah. 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 Um, round out the community cameos in these films, <laughs> joining Danny Pudi and uh, the Dean. Yeah, we're just missing... Um, Joan McHale, Gillian Jacobs. And, and Al Sabree, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see all of them come showing up at some stage. like Or just showing up in a Russo film. And when Ant-Man, he reunites with uh, Cassie. His daughter. Yeah. That's such an emotional moment. Yeah. Like, and like, Paul Rudd, come on, man. Stop making me cry. It really shows you how five years kind of age zone, too. Because with Cassie, I was like, oh my god, she's way too old. Then when I sat down and thought about it, I was like, no, that makes sense. It makes perfect no, like sense. She, like, to be 15 now. Because um, I realized Ant-Man, and she's 10 in that. Ant-Man Underworld, sorry. Oh, yeah. So she's ten in that. So I mean, like fifteen. Now. I saw some people complaining about how like she doesn't look. T- the actress doesn't look ten, fifteen. But I was just like, mate, Paul Rudd doesn't look fifty. So shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like that's my one thing is like Paul Rudd doesn't look fifty. I don't give a shit. It's like six years between Downey Jr. and Paul Rudd. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that is fucking insane. Like Downey Jr. is starting to look his age a little bit, but like Paul Rudd does not. Paul Rudd and Chris Evans look the same age, and there's the only, there's thirteen years between them. Yeah, like Chris Evans is how old now? He thirty-seven. Is thirty-seven. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um. So. Yeah, that man comes in, goes to the Avengers, and wants says, a sandwich. He wants a sandwich, and he says, "Hey, I don't really know how quantum physics work, but how about we do some time travel?" And, be- and he basically comes up with a say. He comes up with a theory that they could effectively time travel if they you. Use- if they use the quantum realm and they use the van that he has one well, hell of an idea it's a hell of an idea and so the Avengers decide uh, um, I'm going to say Chris Evans in a little bit Cap and Black Widow decide right we need to go and find Tony and Tony is having a lovely time he's he has a lovely log cabin he's a lovely little log he, cabin he has a little kid he's a little what's, kid what's her name? Uh, Morgan Morgan is there any significance to that name? No. No? It's just, she's just called Morgan. Probably from Pepper's side. Yeah, probably. But yeah, he's having... He's moved on. Like, he's obviously still... He hasn't really gotten over the fact that he basically lost... Not even the fact that he, they lost, but the fact that he lost Spider-Man. And it was his fault, kind of. And it was his fault, yeah. But he's kind of moved on a bit now. He's married. Like him and Pepper now have married. They have their kid. That kid is amazing. That kid is not even that great of an act- actor, but the things, they know how to direct the actors and her, like, en- enough that it just hits you. I thought she was adorable. She's really cute, yeah. And I really just like Danny, I really like Danny Jr. in these moments with the kid, because he's very, like, he's very sweet. I love you, 3000. I love you, 3000. Oh. <laughs> God, no movie. You know, she, he, he loves her a ton, and she loves him 3000. 
Which uh, means some I saw someone was saying like, oh, that means she's gonna be really smart because the tone is two thousand. <laughs> and I was like, all right, relax there. And then Tony discovers he knows how time travel works. He, I, <laughs> I didn't get that at all. I was yeah. like, okay. It like runs simulations. I was like, simulations. So I was like, huh. figured out time travel. Like, tell. Like they figured out they they really do figure out time travel very quickly in this film. <laughs> just chilling at home. Like he's not just like oh oh and then, but I did really like how he just full on slumps. He's like oh shit yeah um, and then his kid is like shit that's yeah that's your mom's words your mom invented that. I like how he treats his kid just like he treats everyone else. <laughs> like obviously he's much he's a bit more loving but like he does treat him like everyone else. Yeah. In this film he is, I think he's very much this is the most mature Tony we've ever seen. In that he's he's not really swearing as much. He's not cursing as much. Like you have to keep in mind that he's, <laughs> he's sixty at this point. Like in the yeah, movies, yeah, like he ha- he's old. He's an older man. Like he is compl- He's gotten to the stage now where he's not it, like being witty and insulting people. He's just being himself, a dad. Yeah, he is just a dad in this film. What's, and then him and Pepper have a really good conversation where he's like. He can just put it to the back of his mind and just move on. And Pepper's like, that's never going to happen. Pepper knew what she signed up for. Like, the fact that she is saying, no, you got to do this, man. Like, I really like that. And even though there's the possibility that the life they have might be over, she knows that. And she's still like, no, you got to do it. Hope. Oh, (laughs) okay. That's something I want to talk about. So how do you feel about the fact that Hulk has now become Professor Hulk. Has become... Dab. Dab. Oh. <laughs> he had to dab. I think the first time I saw it, and the fact that I saw that they basically kind of glossed over, that Hulk has just become normal. I liked it, though, because it's been five years. It has been five years, and that's it's okay, I think. I think it's okay to decide not to show that. And, yeah, so... The one thing I felt that the special effects on Hulk weren't the best now more, not in the sense of how he looked really good but it's, he had the same face so expressionally the whole time I think yeah, this sort of mm. smug smile but that's just Mark like it's See, probably that's what everyone said to me when I said it like, that, the, the, the thing is though like that's the most I think it's the closest that Mark Ruffalo has the Hulk has looked to Mark Ruffalo yeah because he didn't look like he looked like Mark Ruffalo but he didn't look as like Mark Ruffalo in Ragnarok yeah but in this one he looks like at least he just looks like the macro flow has gotten really jacked and green. I really, I, I enjoyed this um, version of Hulk though, because I was sort of happy we didn't have the same conflicting, ah, Hulk, come on. Yeah, like, this is this is very much a Hulk who is just like, it's not, it's a Hulk you don't see, you never see. Can he turn back? Um, I don't know, but honestly, I don't care. Like, it's not, I don't mind. I, I think because he is so... He so he fully he fully accepts who he is and what he is, and he's very just he's happy to be Hulk now. Yeah, and I really like that, and I like that the world as well just doesn't care. Like he wears cardigans now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he just wears cardigans. Uh, and him uh, say green and the selfie, uh, and then that hilarious exchange between him and Amman. And uh, he's like, really I don't hilarious. I don't want the photo. I don't want to take it. Is Really, really enjoyed the cafe scene. Mm. Um, but they get Hulk, they bring him on board, and they then start experiment, experiment around 
And then Tony comes on board and is like, okay, no, let's do this. And they decide, right, we gotta go get the gang back together. <laughs> they got into a car and slung us along. Uh, together again. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so, first off, you Black Widow going to Japan oh. to find Hawkeye, who, um, he's having a bit of a midlife crisis, isn't he? He's having an amazing sequence, and it made me realize I want a Hawkeye in Japan movie. Yeah, Hawkeye has now become the Ronin and is full on just gutting criminals. Awesome. He just doesn't like he full on like that's a whole it's a whole one take where Hawkeye is like not he's really in the background and you can't really he's not in focus, it's just mainly on the character he's trying to kill. It, it's it, really like it's probably like you're scared of Hawkeye for a second. It was like if the Russo brothers were to make a John Wick movie. That's what it had me. The subtitles in the middle of the screen, mm. just the cinematography was amazing. Mm. Hawkeye wiping the blood off his sleeve, and I do really like, especially like the moment he sees Natasha, she's full on like, "You gotta come in, bro! Like, come on, you know what I'm doing." I was like, "Yeah, yeah. let's go." He's like, "Don't give me hope." Uh, that, that, that bit? No. That bit's that. that. Yeah, no, he says, don't give me hope. Yeah, that bit kind of crossed my heart a little bit. And he's got his lovely haircut as well. What's <laughs> that? We're not going to talk about the haircut. Well, <laughs> that, I think the hair is... Li- li- I think the hair, was, is, the hair is actually really good in the film. I don't think anyone bar Renner could pull it off. Like, imagine, imagine you with that <laughs> Oh, I'd be awful with that hair. Like, I should never have that hair. Uh, but they get, they get, they get Hawkeye... And then they, the Hulk and Rocket, who is still in this film and actually is play, is plays quite a heavy role in it. Yeah, which I really like. Sometimes Rocket can be a little bit grating, um, but in this movie, I feel like, well, not even sometimes, more so in um, the Guardians Two, he was a little bit too much of a dick. I think in this film, he's very much matured. Yeah. Like, the fact that he's lost his family, he's very much like... There's a shot of him um, holding Nebula's hand when she first comes back to the Earth, which mm. I loved. Um, and I, you, you forget Bradley Cooper as a raccoon. I do forget it's Bradley Cooper because it's just... The, I feel like it's... it's He's very much... I feel like it's never... I don't feel like it's an actor. I think it's just... Oh, there's just a raccoon now. It's yeah. awesome. But they go, they go and find the Asgardians the boys. In, to get the boys and in Norway, of all places. We find a Valkyrie still alive, which is really great. Mm-hmm. And then we find Thor. Who's gone <laughs> turned into Jeff Bridges. Thor is fucking fat now. <laughs> oh, How did you feel about seeing Fat Thor? Loved it. Loved it. I, I thought it was really funny. Um, I can tell... Alright, before... I, I can tell you're not too on board with us, so mm-hmm. let, me, let me sell it to you. Okay, every single Avenger um, has had a character arc where it's seen them progress to the best them that they can be, mm-hmm. from Iron Man to Cap to Black Widow and even Hawkeye to a certain extent. Yeah. Even though what he he was doing was a bit edgy, er, um, it was still it was with good intention. But with Thor, he's just digressed to rock bottom. And I mm. loved it. Like, he's come such a scumbag. It was great. I've seen a lot of people, like, who were saying, oh, Thor had a really good arc over the first three films he was in. Or first four films he was in, in that he's gone from... Because I, I, I kind of agree with this in how, like, in the original film, you see him as this, like, Shakespearean guy. And then as every film go- comes, he gets goofier and goofier. Yeah. And then Thor Ragnarok hits, and he's like... The goofiest he's ever been 
and he's great in Thor Ragnarok and I really like the arc his character goes on that mm. and then he finally accepts himself as king of Asgard and then immediately then Infinity War happens his whole, half his kingdom gets killed and he regresses to how he was in Thor 1 which is arrogant murder guy who's so funny yeah and, then, and I do like that I actually do like that but no 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 but, oh. no, but, no, but just yet um, and then of course we have the events of Infinity War and he gets the end and he has Thanos he's about to kill him mm. and he gloats a bit and that's all it took and I actually do think I really like the journey Thor has in this film that he is full on like I am broken like there's a moment later in the film where he wants to use the stones and he's like please just let me do something good for once and I was like oh that's that's heartbreaking yeah yeah, it, but like I think I do think though what I think I do think the fact the the fact that he is overweight and drunk and heavily bearded, it does actually work. Well, I do he, think they use it a bit too much, is all. Well, I like that like Thor and Thor one. He's built up to be king, and I just sort of like that whole thing that sometimes you're just not meant to be it. Like Thor is not meant to be a leader. Thor, like, Thor is like wants to be a. With, I think Thor just wants to be a leader. But it's just not him. It's just not who he is. Yeah, which I really enjoyed. Um, I think no other actor except Hemsworth could pull this off. Yeah, like, and I've seen, like, the effects on it. Like, I know it's a fat suit. And it looks, and CGI as well. And it just looks perfect. Like, it looks like Chris Hemsworth just put on a fuckload of pounds. And any excuse to see Taika Waititi as Korg yelling at it, or ha- having an argument while playing Fortnite. That was really funny. And then, but that scene happens and they do get Thor to come which is nice and they start like going through the working out their plan to go and get the stone they decide then they're going to try and get the infinity stones from various points in time come back fit it onto a gauntlet and then bring everyone back so that's the end of the first act and what a first act it was it's one of the strongest openings to a film mm. I think I've honestly I think I've ever seen I think it's very good because we get to see the Avengers at the this is probably like the biggest bottom any of the characters have ever been and most of them for the most part they are all trying to move on some worse than others like Tony has effectively moved on and while he still has that guilt he has a life now he has a family Captain America he even says himself like he tells people he has to move on and some people do but not us like and that line is a meme to death but it's very true to his character that he can't move on from the fact that they failed yeah they couldn't do it and so the fact that like this chat, this sliver of a chance is there it's enough to like be like no we're gonna do this we gotta do this forever when we lost yeah I'm welling up <laughs> I'm just having a it's good no but it's, it's, it is a very good first act and now we move into the second act and second half of the film well no yeah second act, second act of the film which is all about getting the stones back how did you feel about this because I've seen a lot of people saying they don't like how this this act alone is basically just referencing other Marvel films um I don't see how you can do a time travel arc and not have references if you look at any time travel film that's ever existed, particularly ones that are in a sequel, mm. you're going to have those kind of references. Like, look at Back to the Future 2, which is one of my favorite sequels ever, is a film that's it's built on references, and it's, they're, not, um, they're not, like, 
stupid references. Mm. They're like, they're needed. You can't do a time travel movie and not have it. Mm. Especially considering when you're going to the points that we've already seen. Like, why would you want them to go to um, New York after Avengers and not see what happens straight away? Yeah, like... I think I think the I think the one thing I keep seeing is that people are like oh this act is pure fan service and I'm like yeah it is but it's good fan service yeah like, it's not like it doesn't detract from the film and I do think I do think the ways they decide to go about it and what they do I think it's very well done and who what they decide to bring back and what they don't do you want to go bit by bit by bit like yeah we'll go by like stone by stone like I think yeah so. so to get for the time stone Banner did, like they're they're in twenty they realize that at Three stones will be in New York in one year. So they decide, right, let's go and get. That moment. They're just like, shut the front door. But the, that Banner decides to go and get the time stone from the ancient one. Tilda Swinton, who was backed back, who was like, hell yeah, I love Tilda Swinton. I wasn't expecting that. Oh, when they said the Sanctum Sanctorum, I was like, well, it's not going to be strange. I thought, yeah. You know, it's- so is Tilda. And Tilda is on great form as always, and they have a big old conversation. With astral, astral Bruce, ba- Bruce Banner, like Mark Ruffalo gets to be in this film for a bit. It was nice to see Ruffalo's beautiful face once yeah. more. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed the. Um, they had this stream of time, and they were showing yeah. what happens if you break it away. And they full on just are like, well, we can still make it okay if we just return the stones immediately afterwards. Which I don't know. Like I do think. This is one of the, my things with the film is that if you try to pick holes in this film, oh yeah, yeah, it, they will come and they will come quick. But I also don't care about them because if I keep focusing on the holes in the film, they're not so big that it's going to detract from the film, and I'm just gonna, I'm not going to get invested in the emotion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there, it's probably we don't really spend too much time with um, Banner and Tilda Swinton. Yeah, but he gets the stone, thankfully. He, yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah. So he gets the stone, and they move. We move then to which one? We do. Yeah, we move into. Cap. Which the the big stick, the scepter. Yeah, the set. They try and then to get the scepter. Um. So they they end up going back to Stark Tower in 2012. Yeah. Where they've all just they've just beaten Loki, and they're all posing, and then it's literally like you. You get the stuff you don't see, which is just the like the sitcom like kind of thing, which is just the that so they're going some of them are having drinks. Yeah, some of them are just like, oh, right, we don't we've done this. And the Hold- best line of the movie, um, that's America's ass. Oh, that is America's ass. <laughs> like it is America's ass, you gotta deny. Yeah. Um and then of course like a <laughs> whole Kate stares. I do love how episode sort of dumbass Hulk is at this stage, like because it's it's young. It's a younger Ruffalo. It's younger Hulk. Yeah, and he's falling like I hate stairs. Also, the bit where you see Hulk smashing um before that, and you have Ruffalo's new Professor Hulk trying to recreate it, and he's like yeah, kicking the he's just like ah uh, yeah. Uh, he's like he's like oh this is gr- gratuitous. So Cap um gets the scepter from no. So yeah, no, we we go with the scepter. Yeah. Cap go finds them. He finds them. He, he finds goes the left. So the scepter is taken by a few people from a few agents in a lift. These agents also happen to be the Hydra agents from Winter Soldier and Civil War, Crossbones, and the guy Sitwell, who's in most of them. Cap gets into the elevator with them and is like, guys, I need to take the scepter to the secretary. And they're like, 
I can't let you do that. And it's shot in such a way that you're thinking it's gonna go. It's gonna go down how it went down in Winter Soldier because it's the same guys. Does anyone want to get off? <laughs> and then, but then Cap just goes, "No, no, guys, it's all right." And he just leans over and he goes, "Hail Hydra!" One of the another one of many tears from the crowd I was in. Oh, like I was dying when they did that, and I love as well that it it just cuts to him just walking out with the spear because, for one thing, that's just smart. Like that's a call. It's a callback, but it also shows the character is smart. Like he's like, I don't have to fight. Why the fuck would I? Like, but Leto let... did he know that he does? He fights himself. <laughs> he does for the staff, and he think and himself think he, his past self thinks he's Loki. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, I can do this all day. I I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> it was, was a very good fight, actually. It was a pretty good fight. Like I and I like that. It also ends with Cap acknowledging the fact that that is America's ass. Yeah, and I like that um, the younger Cap wins as well, which they feel is more fitting. Well, yeah, I mean, he young, he's younger, faster, and stronger. So, yeah. you know, that's really it. Um, so yeah, he gets the mind that says the Mind Stone, and he gets that, which is nice. And then we move on to <laughs> like we're like that's nice. Good. Yeah, it's nice. Good, 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 good Cap. Go on, go on. We move into then Tony and Ant Man are trying to get. The Space Stone, or the Tesseract. And what do they actually... They, they basically say, okay, Ant-Man, you go and, like... Ant-Man has to go in, because it's in the briefcase, so Ant-Man has to give Tony a heart attack so that they com- causes confusion in the crowd that lets them get the briefcase or something. Yeah. So w- what surprised me most about this entire sequence mm. was that... Robert Redford's last ever movie is actually Endgame? Yeah, it's not the other one. It's so Endgame, which I was like, oh, hi, Robert Redford. Nice to see you. I do like that he came back for it, though. Like, I, don't, I think that was very I nice. was so happy. I just wasn't like, expecting yeah. it. Um, um, so, Ant-Man gives him a heart attack. And during all the mist and confusion, um, yeah, several important things happen. Mm. Firstly, Thor brings Tony back by shocking him with the hammer, which is amazing. Yeah, um, he, only, he only just taps him with the hammer and brings him back where like, I died at. Tony, when he goes to get the Tesseract, gets floored by Hulk, bursting through the door, coming through the stairs, which was really smart because the setup for it was just so like minimal. Like You just thought, oh, that's just a little cute gag with Hulk. But yeah, no. and who else? Get, who gets the tetherack? Loki. Loki, sets Loki the gets it. Up. He gets it and takes himself out of the movie and into Disney Plus. And into Disney Plus, which I was full on like, how are they gonna do a Loki series? And like, oh, it's just younger Loki. Like, of course. Yeah. Um. So that'll be great. And they then like, well, we've lost a stone. What the fuck are we gonna do now? They de- Tony and Cap decide right. We're gonna use our particles because we never said. They they can only have enough for one round trip each, so they use the particles, go back in time, and go back to the seventies to get more off of Hank Pym. Yeah, I thought that was really smart because I was sort of annoyed while watching it at the start. I was like, well, they can just go and get more. Yeah, right? I was I was feeling like I I was also kind of like, wait, do you guys seriously need to go back to the nineteen seventies? Could you not just go back to like twenty sixteen? And get or 2015 and get them off of older Hank Pym after he's just worked with that man. But then he'd have to interact with himself. No, but just oh, Tony and Cap. Just mm. Tony and Cap, though. 
Uh, well, they had to do it in a way that they could carefully steal them. That's fair. I don't think they could have done it if they just went to uh, Hank Pym and mm. be like, like Yeah, we the universe is going to die. Yeah. Did you like, though, that um, the, the base they go to is the same one from Winter Soldier? Yes, I really mm. did I like that. Too. I like there was a lot of Winter Soldier callbacks in this. The bit when right before Tony meets Howard, he says, Oh, I was just off the phone with uh, Dr. Dr. Zola. Dr. Zola. And I'm like, Ah, oh, they don't know. They don't know. Yeah. But that was fun. So Tony and Howard have a whole big exchange. Yeah. They get, I would say, they get the Space Stone, they get the Tesseract, and they get the particles. And Tony and Howard have a big exchange about fatherhood. It was, it was lovely too. It was a very nice. And yeah. John Slattery, who's been given criminally little to do in the MCU, has his biggest moment to date. And just a really lovely scene with Tony, where they both talk about the stresses of being a dad and the mm-hmm. fear that comes with it. Definitely, yeah. One that me and you can both relate to. Yeah, <laughs> no, of course. We can both relate to that, yeah. And then we um, have Cap with Cap, Cap goes to get the partners back. And then he ends up hiding in an office and he sees... Who does he see but Peggy Carter? My God. And he just... And he freezes. Freezes. And so did I. I was like, Cap, go, go get her. I don't oh. care. What I was full on like, I would love if Peggy just notices him for a second. like. And then sort of glances away. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, I'm just seeing things. But like, oh, that was sad. We forgot something. What did we forget? Stanley. Oh, that was sad. That's his, it's his last cameo. Is it his last? Yeah, cameo? That's his. La- he didn't get one for. He wasn't able to film one for Far From Home. I thought it was CGI. To be honest, I think it was a mix. Like, yeah. Because it's it's young it's young Stanley in the car, like it's it is Stanley as he was in the seventies. Mm, and he has enough said on the the sticker on the car. Yeah, that was really nice. Yeah, that, but yeah, I that was a very to, nice cameo. Yeah, I don't have much to say about that. No, but anyway. They get, they get the stone and get the particles and they go back to the present. Meanwhile, we haven't even talked about the people in space. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much happening. Still, this, is a, it, this is a three hour fucking film. Like, Jesus Christ. How, how long have we been going here? We've been talking for nearly 50 minutes already. Like, Jesus. But anyway, we, we, follow the, we go into the characters in space. You've Nebula, you've War Machine, you've Hawkeye, and you've Black Widow, who are all in space in 2014 getting the Space Stone and the Soul Stone. Now you've Nebula and War Machine going for they're on Vormir for the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy. And they find Peter Quill. And oh my god, this is hilarious. This is great, Come and get your love. Like it's like you have how it is in the intro of Guardians of the Galaxy where it's the music is blaring and yeah. then it just goes to like, okay, now it's just Chris Pratt hearing and they're like, oh, get your And War Machine is just like, so he's an idiot. Yeah. I really does like Warven scene. I'm, I'm, I've come to the point of acceptance where I think, I think if you kept Terrence Howard in it, I like Don Cheeto, but what, what does he bring to this role? Don Cheeto, no, like War Machine is a character that I don't. I, it's fine. He is fine to be in these films. He's I don't the care. only, but he's the only one who I'm not invested in. And he's well, been yeah. there since Iron Man Two, and he still yeah, feels like, like the new guy. Yeah, but the writers are not invested in them, so who cares? But he, the War Machine, anyway, he's fine. They get, they end up getting, they, War Machine is basically just comic relief, I think, in this film. He's comic relief in every film bar Iron Man 2. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually, I think that's the only film where I actually give a shit about him. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, Tony Stank. Oh, War Machine. Go, go away. I mean, I love how as well that like, he broke his legs in Civil War and we don't care. <laughs> no. Like, yeah. he should have died in Civil War. 
<laughs> I'd like to say I feel bad because Dom Cheadle was a really cool dude, but I just think he's a really cool dude and a very good actor. I right? feel like he's brought nothing to the table in these movies. Oh well, he's still he's still there, so who cares? It's not even bad. He's not. He's not bad. It's just his war machine. Whether but you yeah. loved him or not, he was there. They get the stone, and then it tur- and then but Nebula doesn't go back yet. No, because they know Gamora. I can't remember which one. Or was it Nebula herself? Nebula. Oh, they, they, sorry, they hijacked her brain thing and she started projecting the Thanos exactly what happens. Because it turns out that Nebula says to War Machine, yeah, uh, my past self is here along with my dad and my sister and they're all Ooh. coming for it. Yikes. So we get a younger Thanos in the full armor and regalia. He hasn't gotten any of the stones yet. He's just a warlord. He's who he, he's the man in the chair from Guardians. I love this uh, Thanos in this is it Thanos or Thanos after two uh, movies you think I would Thanos know. Thanos so I love that this Thanos is he's the younger version of him he's not as calculated he's a lot more cocky in himself he hasn't realised how difficult his battle is going to be getting the stones mm. like he's just like yeah I'm gonna go do this he doesn't even seem that invested at he this point he doesn't know but which I feel like really works for the character mm. and I like that they put Roland in the back seat for this and just yeah cause Infinity War was his movie so yeah. it's nice now that we don't and that was the smart choice and I'm glad that this film is now like more focused on the heroes and he is just there for the, to be the villain which is fine that is because you're already invested in this character because you know what he's going to be yeah so the fact that you see a different version of him now is fine and um yeah so what happens then so do they capture they capture Nebula and they start basically like younger Nebula who is Nebula without any of the um friggin it's Nebula without any development Nebula got she is just rage and trying to please her father and terrified all at the same time and basically they they swap out the nebulas they capture they learn everything that happens in the future that Thanos wins and they swap them out so now the past nebula is the one that's going back forward in time yeah and you know that shit's gonna go down then but we'll get back to that later because now we have the bit that is proved very divisive for many fans and we'll talk about this now yeah we cut to Hawkeye and Black Widow on Vormir going after the Soul Stone and we know what's com- what's coming because we've seen the last film. We know so, Hawkeye's gonna die. We know no. We know someone <laughs> we is know. going to die. I'm not. I'm not even gonna bother. Like, we know one of them is gonna die. They don't. They find that out and they're like, right? Can we just toss you over, Red Skull? Uh, but they're like, no. One of them has to die. And Hawkeye's like, okay, it's nice knowing you. I'm gonna go die. And Black Widow's like, it was nice knowing you. I'm gonna go die. And they have a little fight over it because they're like, no, I want to die. No, I want to die. No, I want to die for the greater good. Um, <laughs> let me be the symbol. Let me be the symbol. And then they throw themselves over the edge and Black Widow ends up making Hawkeye stay alive because she dies. Okay. So, my thoughts on this. Yeah. I really liked the scene. Mm-hmm. And the, but the first time I watched it, I saw Black Widow lying lifeless on the ground and I thought, She'll be back in an hour. It's fine. Yeah. I, I did a heavy. I was like, oh, it's Black Widows. She's still, still bounced back from this. But once we realize that that's not going to happen, it gives the scene an entirely new sort of direction. Yeah. Or meaning, sorry. Um, I was... 
it I think it's really well acted, but it just doesn't it doesn't pack the weight that it should considering how key Black Widow's been to this series. Yeah, like you forget like Black Widow has been in here like just like near as nine years. She's been, been there in, as long as Don Cheadle. She's been there as long as Don Cheadle. She's been in more films than Don Cheadle, like like okay, that's she fair. is literally bit, she is she is the main female character of the franchise. Well, I don't understand why has it proven to be this divisive. I actually have. I think I think it's the fact that it is Black Widow being killed. The fact that it, and the fact that people feel like it doesn't hold that much weight, and they feel that like it doesn't. No one gives a shit in the film because they have that scene afterwards of all like the guy at the Avengers crying and sad, and they're like, and then people are like, oh, that's just degrading. Yeah. Yeah. And I got like, for me, I think that scene works, and honestly, I'm okay with the fact that Black Widow died. I'm sad, like, because I would have thought I would have thought it'd be someone else. But I figured like at least two of the original six had to go in this film. Yeah. And the fact that it was Black Widow, I think, was unexpected, and I'm okay with that. So, what do you think this means for the Black Widow movie? I think it's gonna be a prequel film. Like, you think which, it's gonna be Johansson? Uh, yeah. No, it's. I think it's gonna be a prequel, like completely. Which I figured it was gonna be from the start. I feel like it might not be um, Scarlett Johansson in it. No. I think it might be a younger. Um, Natasha and I think it might be a younger actress too because I got the feeling from watching this that Johansson thinks he might be done with them to you I think this is Johansson probably at, it could go it, either way I think it could go either way um, I, do th- I do think that well no she is attached to the younger the younger oh, Sarah yes. Blackwood film no. it is going to be her because if, if it was anyone else no one would care true but yeah so that scene happens. It's sad. <laughs> it's sad. Black Widow died right in front of our eyes. Yeah, yep. and people cared or didn't care. That's really it. Yeah. Hawkeye seemed to be the only one who kind of cared. And Cap did too. Cap, Cap did too. Cap, Cap, and well, Cap always cares. Yeah. Can we stop giving Cap raise? No, we can't. No. We, we just won't. Never. But yeah. Not us. We then... Not us. <laughs> we then move into the next scene, which is... They have all the stones... And they're like, right, we're going to use the stones now. And I do kind of love how there's just a bit of Star Tech for everything. <laughs> yeah, there is just a bit of Star Tech for fucking everything because they make their own Infinity Gauntlet. Okay, that, uh, that, that, that irks me. I, like I, unless f- he was working on it for the five years, but how can you even work on something like that? Surely the technology would just all dis- disintegrate at once. Mm. But like, <laughs> they get they get themselves their Infinity Gauntlet, and they decide, okay, Banner is the only one who can use this. Question: well, Did you were you aware that the Infinity or not the Infinity the um, Stark armor, the Iron Man armor, was custom by the arm? If you get me, like it's able to shape itself around the arm that it's in. Yeah, I figured that. I feel like because it's progressed to such a stage now that I figure it can just do anything. I don't know. I know that's really nitpicky of me, but I'm like, all the suits seem to be designed for the body that's in it. Mm. Even like the Hulkbuster was specifically designed for... Well, do you not remember in like Iron Man 3 that Tony has like all the different parts of the suit and it fits on literally anyone? Does it? It fits on Pepper, it fits on Tony, it fits on Guy Pearce, it fits on everyone. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, never mind. My my nitpick has been 
um, solved since 2013. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, oh, we forgot something. What? Thor. What's your problem? We didn't talk about Oh, yeah, <laughs> shit. We didn't, we've completely missed a stone. Um, yeah, so we forgot about the fact that Thor, Thor goes to um, Asgard with Rocket to get the reality stone back. And he meets his mom. Can you say Rocket Reality Rene Russo? <laughs> Rocket Reality Rene Russo. <laughs> Rocket Reality Rene Russo. Rocket Reality Rene Russo. Rocket Reality Rene Russo. Hey. There you go. Never mind. Um, yeah, this is probably the. It's one of the lesser moments of what not of importance. Yeah. Um, Thor and his his mum, who's called. What's her name? Uh, I actually don't know. Rene Russo. Yeah, Rene Russo's character. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, so they have their moment, and it's sad. It's quite sad, but then. And she basically she's basically giving telling him, okay, it's time for you to go, like you need to just rise yourself up a bit. Yeah, yeah, Did. which is sad. And yeah. he gets his hammer. Yeah, he's he gets she gives him a pep talk and then he gets Mjolnir back. Beautiful top ten anime. I originally he's just like like, oh you know. I didn't think it was gonna come because I was gonna say like he isn't worthy anymore. Mm. But I was like, man. Well, no, much, he's still worthy. How much can you shit on Thor in one movie? But thankfully, he did get it. And Rocket, um, tasers Natalie Portman, Jane, and they get it they get back. Disrupt. Yes, there's not much. It's only about like seven minutes of screen in mm. Asgard, but it was effective. And we're on Earth, where and. Fast forward to where we were a second ago. Mm. Hulk. Hulk using the stones, and it's like fully killing him to use it as well. Hey. Which I which I was like, okay. And then he snaps, and he and they realize, and everyone's back. They yeah. bring everybody back. Well, not by that stage. We don't know that yet. Well, I mean, we just hear the phone call. We hear the phone call, and it's. Hawkeye's wife calling him he's like he has a little breakdown he's like oh shit and everything is really nice and then firebomb because we forgot about the fact that Nebula had come back and so she somehow brings Thanos' spaceship through time and brings it which how the fuck does she do that like we actually don't know I'd actually it's never explained how they do that but it's okay does she not need to get the pimp technology to the ship Uh, I don't know Clearly she didn't. But it's okay, it's okay. So they bring Thanos' spaceship through the time portal, which rips apart the entire building. And then Thanos decides, right, let's firebomb this whole place. How did nobody die? How did nobody die? (laughs) Everyone just sort of seemed to appear under the rubble together. Like, I know, like, Rocket... Rocket, Like, how was Rocket still alive? He was getting crushed. Uh, Like, I can't breathe. I'm like, no, Rocket, no. Like, Rhodey is just about to drown, and Ant-Man then saves them. Ant-Man gets hit. Ant-Man gets hit, like, but then Ant-Man goes and saves them. Yeah, I think when it happens, he was being pushed back, so he turned small, Mm. so that the impact wouldn't really have affected him too much. And then he goes down and gets them. You have um, Hawkeye, who finds himself at the bottom of the rubble with the gauntlet, and he's like, well, it's just me in a tunnel with a load of creepy crawlies. 
Because there's a load of like the Thanos monster things. Uh, no, we're just going to refer to them as creepy crawlies. Creepy crawlies, yeah. Coming after him, which that was a pretty fucking cool sequence. It was really cool. Like, I liked any um, shot of an arrow being shot that has a torch on it. Yeah. I like that. And I was just thought, like, just the, that whole sequence just made Hawkeye into a, like, even more of a badass than he was. He, he might be the MVP of this movie. I think me. he is the MVP of this film, definitely. Him or Ant Man. Or Iron Man or Cap. Or anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Avengers all turn out to be okay. Thanos arrives on the ground and decides to do what he is very good at, which is wait. <laughs> he sits down. <laughs> he sits down and waits. And then the he- the three main heroes of the MCU, Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America, all start coming after him. Thor suits himself back up again, dual wielding the Mjolnir and Stormbreaker, which is just cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, really good fight. Thanos is sort of kicking ass. He's pummeling, like he's beat Iron Man up. There's him. He manages to get rid of Cap and Iron. No, he manages to get rid of Cap and Thor. Yeah. So it's just Cap and Thanos, and he starts battering the shield, breaking it up. He doesn't break it up yet because after he he first he's, he's fighting Thor and he has Thor. He has Thor by the axe. Oh, and, he yes, ha- yes, and he's yes. pushing the axe into the same spot where Thor pushed the axe into him. And you're falling like, okay, Thor might actually die at this stage. Oh, crap. But you don't realize where Mjolnir is. And there's just a shot of Mjolnir being held up. And then Thanos gets smacked in the face by Mjolnir. And it comes back. And who catches it but Captain America. Holy shit. This got a big cheer in my, my screen. Like Everyone was like, holy shit. This is the biggest holy shit moment of the movie. It's and there's a lot of them. Like It's Captain America holding his shield and holding Mjolnir. Just like... And he's waited so long. And he I thought like Thor is just like, I knew it. And he's just beating the shit out of each other and like he's like Cap is just kicking ass at this and it's awesome. Shield hit. And he like he just knows how to perfectly use it, which I love. (laughs) (laughs) It's very true. Oh yeah. But yeah, so that happens and then but then Thanos like then like learns and he's like, okay, he starts then beating the shit out of Cap, he breaks the shield. And like I'm like Oh, crap. Actually, your sword gets broken a lot. There's a lot of things that get broken in this film. Yeah. But speaking of more broken things, after Hawk, we, ne- we didn't even talk about it. Like I think, but I feel like it's up now. Um, whilst this is all going on, Hawkeye is me- meets Gamora, past Gamora, who we, from- we didn't even mention was in this film. Gamora is in this film from 2014. Yeah. Which, that's a whole other thing completely. And they meet Nebula, and Nebula, and Nebula is trying to convince him to give him the gauntlet, because I'm real Nebula. And then future Nebula comes in and is like, don't fucking give her the gauntlet. And then Gamora tries to reach out to past Nebula and she's like, no, he won't let me do anything. And I, I do really love the fact that future Nebula, without hesitation, just guns her past self down. <laughs> yeah, it was. So technically, Nebula's the deaf in this. Yeah, Nebula te- technically dies in this, even though it's not Nebula. But I, I seriously love that she's just like, nope. Don't get like she just takes her out. Um, Gamora didn't really seem to react too much to this. Oh, like Gamora was just like, "Oh, my sister's dead, but I have a new sister now." Yeah, this one's not evil, mm. but I didn't know this one was evil, so maybe I should have mourned more. But <laughs> well, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Because now we're on to my personal favorite moment of the whole film. So, I'll set the scene for you. 
I'm ready to be slapped. We, our heroes are are down. Thanos has gotten all of his forces out, and is bringing them down to Earth. And it's Thanos and his entire army. We don't really know where the other heroes are. We can't really. We don't know where Iron Man and Thor are, but they're kind of beat up. Everyone is real beat up. And Cap is just standing there. And this is like it's it's got my favorite shot of the whole film. I know the one you're on. Which about. is just Cap tightens his shield, and it's just him, and it's just him and his and Thanos' army. I genuinely am not even taking the piss. I want that frame. Oh no! It's a it's the most it's one of the most beautiful shots in the whole series. It yeah. is gorgeous. And then we're thinking, Cap's just going to charge him. Cap is just going to like say, "Fuck it." Get to that for Cap. And then we hear on the radio, "Hey, hey, Cap, hey, hey, on your left." <laughs> and across the entire world, smiles were ignited, and everyone had that one where it's just their top half of their mouth is like, because <sighs> portals just start opening, and now. When I say everyone, I mean everyone. Everyone that you have ever seen in any Marvel property whatsoever on film, not TV, yeah. or Dinklage, or or Dinklage <laughs> shows up. Every single hero in everything shows up. We've got Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider Man, Doctor Strange, Ant Man, the Wasp, Black Panther. Black Panther everyone from Black Panther that whole series like just everyone Pepper's there and Pepper's Iron there Man and Suit. Iron Man suit which is great that, um, you got friggin Valkyrie shows up at the Asgardians oh yeah uh, who else have you, like it's just like Wong is there from Doctor Strange <laughs> love that just literally if there is a character you've seen in the past 10 years they show up and it's just it is my favourite moment the whole film the music is incredible the score is that's the, that, the score is so good this film this is my favourite part of the score it's a song called Portals and just oh it's just it is the like when you were a kid I don't think anyone watching this now ever could have envisioned they would get all uh, all the Avengers in a lineup like this that's for, the payoff of the series this moment. is this moment this entire the third act of the film is the biggest payoff in the whole franchise because you get the Infinity War. You yeah. get every character ever coming together just to fight for their fucking lives. Just as a note, the score is by Alan Silvestri. Mm. So he is a show. Yeah, he's most known for the Marvel movies, Predator and Forrest Gump. Oh he is. He won an Oscar for Forrest Gump. Um, uh, yeah, so what's cue to the Cap going Avengers Assemble. <laughs> Ah, oh, freaking flipped my flip. That was like, okay, they did it. They finally did it. Thank God. And then we get the be- one of the best battle scenes to put the cinema. Yeah. We literally just get the full, one of the best battle scenes. Every moment of it was choreographed to perfection by the Russo brothers. Mm. The accent was just immense. Um, there was so many little moments to be found. It's too hard to even go through them. So Clint, <laughs> you get like, but basically the whole fight—it's so good and it evolves into basically a game of keep away as they try to keep the gauntlet away from Thanos. You've Black Panther running with it. You've Spider-Man going with it. You've Captain Marvel going Valkyrie with it. Valkyrie as well. Valkyrie as well. You've so many like—it's just so good, 
So many little moments that are just so great. The all the female heroes. Oh, you get that shot, up. which like is a little bit patronizing, but also I was like, no, this is really cool. I don't care. I just gave me a. It just sort of reminded me that at least one studio, blockbuster-wise, is creating good female characters. Yes, it is, and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. But the fight keeps going because I, I feel like if we stay on this fight, we will stay on there for a while. So we keep going through the fight, and we basically end up down to Thanos is like getting his ass kicked by Captain Marvel he just about has the gauntlet and he's about to put it on Iron Man is like Iron Man then looks over at Doctor Strange and puts flips the finger up and Doctor Strange is said to him earlier in the film that hey I can't tell you whether this is the future we win because then we'll lose and then he, he, he realises oh okay so he jumps Thanos and he's like trusting him he's trying to get the stones away Thanos fucks him away and he's like I am inevitable snaps his fingers nothing happens I am Iron Man that was mm, I really really liked that moment just the fight like that to have his last words be Iron Iron Man is ugh and Stark snaps and all we see is the villains begin to turn to dust and Thanos and Infinity War ended the film staring off into the distance with the sweet smell of victory and in this one Thanos dies as he looks at all his men around him dying thinking man I fucked up shit <laughs> yeah was I really liked I really liked how Thanos turned to dust yeah I feel like if they they had to kill him yeah like they couldn't leave him alive he had to die in this film and I really like that. And I just... And Josh Brolin deserves all the plaudits in the world oh, for creating... Most definitely. An extremely strong villain. Mm. One what's... One of the most remembered. memorable villains in cinema. Yeah. And just... Uh, Goddamn. And then... Tony dies. Because... The power of the gauntlet was too much for him, so it kills him. Which, hey... Of course it would. I have a really dark theory about this. What? Um, I don't of how exactly he died. I know it's probably down to radiation poisoning. Yeah. But there's something a lot more grim and severe, and you can cut this out because it's about to get quite dark. Okay. But at the funeral scene later, which we'll get to, um, you see Banner wearing a cast, which yeah. clearly means his arm broke. So does this mean like Tony just? Well, no, his arm was fucked. Like his his arm got like all. Was volcanic and stuff like uh, uh, was it his whole body or just the arm just the arm okay cut that up <laughs> oh no it's fine no, it's, it's fine but like yeah we ba- we then we then have the next what, what are we not talking about later? <laughs> the bit in the there's one bit in the fight I have to talk about what bit uh, Tony and Peter's reunion the yeah uh, that's one of my favourite moments of the film and I really like because like it also like really makes the death hit more and I feel because Tony P- Peter finds Tony in the battle and is like holy shit man like what happened like we were like like they, yeah. we were on a planet and then like this this and Tony overcome with emotion just hugs him <laughs> this is nice <laughs> I'm getting sad again <laughs> and that was a really sweet moment in the film I really enjoyed that I really liked that they were just like yeah so Tony's lying <laughs> death I'm dying on the floor Do- Tony's dying Peter's crying and then funeral yeah I proper I was the best watching this. 
I love the funeral scene has literally everyone is again from the Marvel Universe like everyone you know Nick Fury just shows up as well like Harley from Iron like, Man 3 so. yeah like everyone every single person and uh, it's so sad and they put the um the what do you call it the arc reactor yeah they put in like the original arc reactor the, in and they just have it floating in the river and, and it's real good yeah real so nice. Tony, Tony dies Tony dies which just seems fitting and it's a fitting end to the character it's the best way he could have gone out he goes out saving the world considering how selfish he is when we first meet him to see him go do the most selfless thing that he can possibly mm. do he goes out saving everyone yeah which is hey that's I couldn't ask for a better end for a superhero and Robert Downey Jr. hats off to that man for not only like saving his career with his performance in Iron Man mm. but to continuously deliver amazing performance after amazing performance mm. as Iron Man it's uh is the type of performance that, or it's the type of arc in a hero I don't think we'll ever see again. We'll never, get, we'll never get this again, and we'll never have an actor who is so good and just embodies the character to such a degree. Yeah. Because, like, I saw a tweet saying, oh, you, ca- you have to separate art from the actor. Like, ca- like um, Sebastian Stan isn't Bucky. Um, Tom Holland isn't Peter Parker. But Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. Yeah. Like, that's, that's just how it is. And we see he has a little video message left. To her, to Morgan. Yeah. And, and he loves her 3000. And that's the last thing we ever hear Tony say. Tony say, yeah. And then we have a little, like, everyone's kind of wrapping up. Everyone's, like, going their own way. Thor decides to join up with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, Guardians of the Galaxy. Which, hey, if it gives us more Thor, I'm okay with that. Well, it just means that... That's what I was saying about Thor digressing. He's not at the level of scumbag that he needed to be to join the Guardians. <laughs> like, he needed to hit that's rock... That's very fair. He needed to hit rock bottom. And, that's completely fair. And Valkyrie gets given um, leadership of the Asgardians. She's king of Asgard now, yeah. Which I love, and I really hope that she gets her own solo movie. Maybe, who knows? I'd love I'd that. like that. Yeah. And then we come to the saddest moment in the film, in my opinion. And the most heartfelt. And um, Liam's about to start crying now as we're doing this, so I'm gonna take over. <laughs> as as a cop fanboy, I just like to I'd like to give Scott the floor. <laughs> it's cool, it's cool. So basically the, we come to the end where the guys decide, okay, we need to actually bring the stones back. So Cap's like, I'll do it. And Cap is like, Cap goes, he gets in the time machine. I, so they said, okay, it'll be 10 seconds, we'll bring you back then. So he goes and he brings back the stones, and 10 seconds pass, and he doesn't come back. And they're still like, what the hell? Where's Cap? Where is he? What the hell happened, Bruce? And then Bucky, who has been very much like, every time he's, even though he knows Cap might be coming back, he's still like, no. It's good knowing you, I'll see you soon. Bucky's like, hey, Sam, who's that on the bench? And they see an old man on the bench. He looks. Oddly like Clint Eastwood. I was going to say Joe Biden. Oh yeah, that works yeah. too. But they walk over. Like Sam walks over to him. And it's Cap. It's Cap in his 80s. Or oh. 90s. And he is... He's so happy. So Cap who is a hat who decided... You know what? Screw the rules of time travel. I'm going to stay here. 
And he decided to stay there and have a life with Peggy. And he's at 115-ish. I did the math, I can't remember what it came out as, as to what age Tap mm. would be at this point. He'd be about that, yeah, I'd say. But I say the super serum makes him age yeah. slightly slower. And disregarding, like, the logic about the scene, because people like picking holes with time travel in this film, and I'm like, just don't, I don't give a shit. Because this scene is like, it's the perfect way to retire Captain America from the franchise by literally having him retire. And also, considering we've all been saying since since first Avenger mm. that he's gonna die at some point in these films, to actually not see him to get to see him live, to get I to felt s- was a great decision mm. by the Russo brothers. Definitely. And like he is he has always been the heart of this franchise. Like He's always, always been the heart, and so to see him get his happy ending, it's really like, it's it's the best reward he could get for everything he has done, and he gives the shield to Sam, which was a great decision because Bucky has not done anything to earn it. No, like I feel like I feel like Sam is much more deserving to have the shield in this series, and it really makes it interesting for the third show that's coming up to see how um, he's able to, how can you live up. Mm. Definitely. To Captain America. And How can you be the new one? Exactly. And I'll be honest, his costume in the comics when he's Captain America is awesome. It's really cool. It's really cool, so I can't wait to see it. And the decision as well for the final shot to be Steve and Peggy dancing. <laughs> I really liked as well that no one in my cinema applauded. Everyone was just like, they let that moment hit them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, that was nice. And it's really like it's such a lovely way to end the film. Yeah, I and, and so ends ten years of Marvel. And it's really sad that it's ten years over, because like we've been with this since like you were eight, I was nine. We grew up with this. Yeah, this was our childhood and adult teenagehood and adulthood. And it's, 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 it does make me quite emotional to think about like how much like. How I see nearly all of these films in cinema. Like, it's not that the MCU is over, which it isn't, but mm. it just feels like this particular point, this particular chapter is over. Yeah. And I couldn't have ended in a better way. It's funny because for me and Liam, we're both Liam is now leave is now leaving college. Like like he's he's finished his undergrad. I have another year left. And it's funny because I would I look I look back at myself when I was eight. I've been like I think it was in like fourth class or something, or like oh or like, younger, no, younger, you younger. Have been I would have been about second or third class. Second or third class. I was very young. Where you would have been about fourth class or third or fourth then. I'd third. Say. Third. Yeah. Yeah. And I look at like I keep I keep thinking about where how old where I was when I saw each film at what stage like. Yeah, and I can see like every film is like something I can see like there's a certain part of my life, certain part of like way I even like like even like two years ago when like Thor Ragnarok came out yeah. like things have changed significantly, and now I look at my, look now where it's like, well things are still going to keep going, but I've had these films yeah. throughout my life so it's really nice. Where did you see um, Iron Man one? 
I never saw Iron Man 1 in cinemas. I saw it at home. The first MCU film I ever saw in cinemas was Iron Man 2. Really? Because I got, I got tickets to the premiere a lot. Oh. Like, the first, like I, I won tickets on like Radio uh, F104. That's a go. I saw Iron Man 1 in a cinema in Ballyshannon in Donegal, <laughs> where it was a really teeny tiny screen. Yeah. And there was, besides me, my brother, and my mum's friend went with us. Mm. I think there was about two other people there yeah. and my mum who was an avid fan of the MCU I just like to remind her to this day that over Iron Man do you want to know the movies she chose to see what my sister said what underdog <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ but to, yeah to have Endgame now in like my last few weeks of college is this it's really surreal and it's kind of heartbreaking mm. and I'm just happy that I'm not a Game of Thrones fan because I couldn't handle so much things ending in oh, a span of time completely man but yeah I would just like to say for the record that this is a 5 out of 5 for me oh it's just 5 out of 5 for me as well like I'm not like bar- like we can say any kind of logical problems we want with this film but the fact is this, fil- this film has gotten to me it's made me think about a lot of things and it's just it's again as I said before it is so refreshing for a film to just end for a, like a chapter because there's no post credits in this film you just hear Iron, Iron Man's plank yeah and you know what that's okay that's perfect that's the film ends it doesn't set up anything else it just ends yeah um it's gone straight to my number one of my rankings as well the same yeah I, just, I know recency bias and everything but I just but, can't see yeah. how it's going to change for me but we're, we've talked a lot about Infinity we, I think we hit an hour and a half we've actually hit an hour and a half talking yeah. about Endgame let's go over quickly some box office bonanza Game came out. Actually, do you have your notebook there? Uh, I I know what I know what the scores are. Like so, you know what the scores are. Okay, for, that's cool. For for us two, for for Endgame. For us two, yeah. Like overall, do you know what? Because because we oh, um, no, because we didn't have last week, we should just give a quick informal of how yeah Hellboy went. So last week we what did we we actually. We didn't do one last week. We didn't do one last week. No. And Hellboy was the week before. Okay, no. So Hellboy the week before, we had both we had both given way higher numbers than we thought it would get. Uh-huh. I thought it would get twenty three million. You said eighteen million, and it did not get that at all. Fifteen. Uh, did it get fifteen or thirteen? No, it was thirteen. I'm gonna look it up now, actually, because I was I was thinking it didn't get much. Well, I will say, domestic domestically, it has made twenty one million. Really. Overall, it's a fifty million budget. What the fuck? Yeah, um, like it's one of the. It's a massive weekend drop. Um, like on its first weekend, on its first weekend, it made twelve million. Oh, so I won that one. You won that one. Okay, I'll give you that one. Thank you. But this and then this, but this week we come to Endgame, which, as of right now, is the. Highest growth opening weekend ever in cinema history with a whopping 357 million 
domestically at a $1.2 billion worldwide. It's crazy. That's insane. Like, because that's, that's doubled Infinity War's opening. Because Infinity War had a $640 million opening. That's Did that worldwide? Mm-hmm. Did that come out everywhere at the same time? Uh, or was that out in China later? Uh, it was out in China later. It's still... It's still... It's I, amazing. I can't remember. But, like, this is the... insane. I think... Um, in the very first episode, I think if you can go back and look at it, I believe I threw a question at you. And I, I'm almost positive I asked you, could this hit number one ever? And I think, I think honestly, at this stage, yeah. It, it's, it might. It, I think it could top Cameron. Yeah. Which, to this day, I'm not sure how it's as high as it is, but I'm really rooting for this film. Oh, please. Um, do we have any films coming out next week? Though? We actually do. We have three. What films okay. we got? We'll go from least important or least known to most known, okay? Tell me, tell me. So the first movie is called The Intruder. The okay. Intruder ha- stars Dennis Quaid, Megan Good, um, and other people I don't know. It's been directed by Dion Taylor, who you may know from Traffic, okay. <laughs> Meet the Blacks, and Super Macy. I've heard of none of these movies. That's okay. I've also heard of none of these movies. So, The Intruder. As my internet's decided to freeze. Oh, hold on. Um, oh, it's disappeared. Bear with me. I don't know how much money this will make at all. What are you thinking? It's, it's nationwide release, so for anyone wondering, I have not know. The Intruder is about, oh, it's about you. Scott and Annie Russell couldn't be happier after buying their dream home from a mysterious and lonely widower. Their newfound paradise soon turns into a living nightmare when Charlie, still strangely... This guy's come from nowhere. Oh, Charlie's the widow. Still strangely attached to the house, begins to turn up and interfere in their daily lives when his erratic behavior turns out. and the young couple soon find themselves caught up in a violent confrontation that does threatens to destroy everything they hold dear. Whew. Um, that guy has pretty good reviews. Has it? Yeah, it has an 8 out of 10 on IMBD. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to make opening about... Five million? I'm gonna say three. <laughs> Who knows about okay. this movie? Yeah. Um, it's really just picked a good week to come out. Um, it's by Summit Entertainment. Or what is, no, it's not by Summit, sorry. It's by Sony Screen Gems. Yeah. Um, our next film is called Ugly Dolls, which is an animated film by STX Studios. In an adorably different town of Uglyville, weirdness is celebrated, strangeness is special, and beauty is em- embraced as more than meets the eye. So it's about little weird creations. Yeah, it's, I've seen the, I, I've seen trailers for this. It stars Nick Jonas, Kelly Clarkson, Bebby Rexa, a girl called Lizzo, and Charlie XCX. And it's directed by Kelly Ashbery, who's a guy who directed Shrek 2 and Smurfs the Lost Village and Nomeo and Julia and Beauty and the Beast surely this isn't what he directed hold on let me double check this he didn't direct you, you, did he direct I yeah. don't know it came up on Google um, I don't trust Google he was a story and visual development artist for Beauty and the Beast did he direct Shrek 2 uh, yes he yes, did, did. Fair play. his first film directed which Shrek 2 no he directed Spirit yeah after, after. oh sorry, before, before, sorry. before Shrek 2 um, Janelle Monet is in this Jesus Christ I love Janelle Monet. Why? Why is this film mostly just singers? Oh, it's, it must be soundtrack. It's trying to push. Maybe, but yeah, I think this Pitbull's in it. Pitbull is in this. Yeah. Oh, shut up! Shut up! As ugly dog. No. What? 
Pitbull isn't. We're not allowed. We're not talking about Pitbull in this and episode. Emma Roberts. Oh Jesus Christ! Hey Pitbull, whatever you know Pitbull's on, Aquaman. There, I kept the streak going. Shut every every episode you. of Men's Living Aquaman. Uh, what are you giving it? Ah, uh, oh, because I'm gonna say again, five million. It's like six. No, yes, six million, which is the same as Missing Link. <laughs> fair enough. Fair. Yeah. And our last film, Long Shot, which is the only one actually I think will do well. It's the new Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron movie about um, uh, Charlize Theron is a potential new president of the United States, and Seth Rogen is her teenage or her the kids she used to babysit, but now he's grown up and yeah. they fall in love. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> this is actually I've heard this is actually very very good. Yeah, I has, heard it was particularly good. Has one of my favorite actors in a what's meant to be the best role of the film, Osea mm. uh, Jackson Jr. Yeah. Who's playing the best friend in it? Hell yeah! So I'm really excited to see how this goes. It's by Jonathan Levine, who's made Warm Bodies, Fifty Fifty, and The Night Before. John Levine's a great director. Like yeah. he's a very good director, and I, I really like him. And I'm really happy he's chose this as his newest film, considering Snatched was his last one. Yeah. Which was a very poor movie. Oh, definitely. I think this is probably going to gross about. I'm going to say maybe fifteen to twenty million. I'm going to say, I'm going to go a bit uh, obscure with this, I'm going to say 23 million, because there's, this is way more than I was expecting to mm-hmm. predict, but then there's so many people going to Endgame that maybe people will want to try something different, and from what I've seen, I could not find um, what a cinema I go to does not have a screening of this on Friday. Okay. Well, I don't know why. Well, I'm saying 20 million, you're going to say 23 million. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so just to let you know that this week coming, we actually have a film that came out on America last week, was it, or two weeks ago at this stage. Mm-hmm. We'll finally be able to see The Curse of La Lorena on Friday. I don't care for it. Yeah, no, neither do I. But, oh, and also a little teaser for our next episode. What hey, what our next episode is going to be, was I haven't told you yet? What? We have two films. We have, if you want to see Curse of La Lorena, that's okay. Over here, the Ted Bundy movies out on Friday. Oh Jesus, yeah. Yeah. On Netflix. N- not in Ireland. In Ireland, it's on Sky Cinema. Why? I don't know. It was only America. They have it on Netflix. That's really strange. Yeah, it's in select theaters and on Sky Cinema in Ireland. I know. I mean, it hasn't even Netflix Ireland hasn't even said this, but hmm. yeah. I mean, I was I was kind of like I'll I'll maybe see it. Who knows. I think it looks good. I think it'll be fine. I've been watching the the documentary to try and yeah. learn about them before I see it. Fair, fair, yeah. And that's... That's pretty of, much it. Yeah. Shall we then move on to some very nice 50 Cent movies? Go, 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 Charlie. It's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. We're going to sip a party like it's your birthday. So this week in our 50 Cent Challenge... You gave me a very lovely little film called The Muppets Take Manhattan. One of my, for anyone who doesn't know, is in my top five films of all time. Objectively, is it the, does it deserve to be in the top five greatest films of all time? Probably yes. not. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, so basically, not gonna lie, I, I'm a, I like The Muppets. Very much. I'm not as big of a Muppet fan as Liam here, but I'm still a Muppet fan of the Muppets. It's a very good franchise. It's a very good film. Like very good films always. I really. Lo- My favorites are the original Muppet movie and the 2011 Muppets. 
Um, but I had never seen what was taking on hand before this, and I gotta admit, pleasantly surprised, it was a very enjoyable little film. It's very, very, it's very, very fun. But what I think, I kind of like. The thing is, the thing about all the Muppets films, they're all kind of the same. <laughs> what? <laughs> I have not love it. Um, how many Muppets films do you have them basically getting the gang back together after they all go off to get to do live normal-ish or get jobs so they can put on a show? Yeah, maybe one. Maybe. <laughs> Liam, because <laughs> that's the pl- that is the plot of this film. Muppets take space. Gonzo goes to space. No, but like that is like the thing is. The Muppets film, like, they follow a very simple formula, which is that. Like, the Muppet movie, this film, the Muppets, like, 2011, they all have Well, that. but this one wasn't really as much about getting the gang together again, no, considering no, no. the gang are together to begin with. The gang are together to begin with, but the thing is, like, they, the gang then think that um, they're being a burden because Kermit got annoyed at them. Like, and then they all go off and get new jobs. Um... But then Kermit's like, no, I'm going to make it a show hit. I'm going to make it awesome again. Because he's Kermit. But the rest of them all get, all get jobs. There's a really great scene where um, Rolf in a, in, a, in, a, in a pound, like which I, I was dying at, because the owner just comes in and just like, with Schnookums, the dog. Yeah. And he's full on like, oh, it's... D- does Scooter work in the cinema? Scooter does work in the cinema, yes. Uh, yeah, Scooter's in the cinema. Um, mm. Kermit's working in the kitchen, I think. Yeah. And with, that's where it's actually fun little Muppets fact. It's Rizzo the Rat versus the parents. Is it actually? Oh, I, I believe so. I like that. Um, yeah, it features an amazing chase sequence where Miss Piggy's running roller after. skates. Yeah. Sorry, this is your movie. Oh. No, Miss Piggy like gets a pair of roller skates and is like legging it after fucking. There's a lot of cameos yeah. from people who we're unaware of. Yeah, so like. You've got Art Carney, you've got Liza Minnelli, you've got John Landis in this film. Mm-hmm. Which I, I, no, I knew what John Landis looked like, so when I saw him, I was just like, what the fuck are you doing in this film? Um, you've got, what else have you got? You've got the introduction of the Muppet Babies to the franchise in this film. Uh, yeah. With the song, I'm Always Gonna Love You, which I think is hilarious. I think that actual scene is hilarious. Especially because, like, I just love seeing, I love like, how, young, how they all young the characters look I love seeing fucking Rolf just go 90 on a piano and it's again I do always love the Muppet songs like I will always cry at Rainbow Connection because everyone does but I especially will mm-hmm. and I do like as well because like all the Muppet movies they always have like their opening shots or opening songs are always quite mellow and always really ease you into this film like that's how it was in the Muppet yeah. movie that's how it is in this film so um, good. And I, it's funny because I don't really have much to say on this film it's just a very enjoyable film like, it's also the last film to feature Jim Henson yep. as the voice in it. Like it was the it was released after Jim Henson died, which was which, yeah. What can you really say? Like it's Jim Henson. Um, the wedding between Miss Piggy and Kermit with the castle <laughs> of Sesame Street and the Muppets gathered round is the most beautiful and poignant scene in cinematic history. And it's also got like a couple people from Fraggle Rock. Yeah, no, it does. Like, which I thought was brilliant. Um, yeah, if this movie was a play, it would be on Broadway since 1984. <laughs> it's a very enjoyable film. I definitely recommend you go and see it. I also didn't know it was directed by Frank Oz. Uh-huh. Who I think is a really underrated director. Like... Sorry, I was just... You're still crying. Yeah, I'm still crying. <laughs> um, He's a highly underrated director. If you should all go and watch his director's cut of Little Shop of Horrors, because it's excellent. Oh, that's so cool. 
Uh, just Little oh. Shop of Horrors is becoming criminally underwatched as well, so everyone needs to get on that. The like, but watch his cut of it because the his ending of the film is excellent. Yeah, like Mean Green Mother from Outer Space is just such a good song. He uh, hasn't really made much recently. The last film he directed Death was Death and a Funeral, but the original British version. He directed. He directed the original British version, not the remake. Oh, sorry. Which I think, which that one I think is hilarious, though. The remake? No, the original. I've never seen it. It's very funny. I've only seen the remake. It's funnier than the remake. But yeah, I would definitely buy it for more than fifty cents. I'd probably buy it for like two, three euro. Ah, oh, yay! What did I give you? You gave, you gave me a movie called The Spirit. Oh God! The Spirit is directed by, written and directed by Frank Miller of Sin. City and is a noir film about a rookie cop called Denny Colt who's returned from the dead as the spirit <gasps> and his mission is to fight against his arch nemesis the octopus played by Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> let me just tell you my I decided I, I thought I'd try something different and I'd go back to writing notes which I used to do a lot more adults in movies mm-hmm. but then I felt like Sometimes there's a movie takes you and you have to write way too many notes in the first 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I decided, give 15 minutes with my notes and we'll see how I feel from there. Okay. So here are my notes from the first 15 minutes of okay. the spirit. Lionsgate. Oh no! Okay. Lionsgate make, make the worst blockbusters. They do. Look at Hellboy, Robin Hood. Okay. Um, Miller wants to be an auteur. Which, yep, he has his own vision and style which he's in black and white, which he's going to scream down into your throat. Mm-hmm. Um, the spirit, what do we know about him? He likes cats. Why is never explained in the runtime of the film, but he owns about 20 to 30 cats, which he talks to. Um, the sound design is horrific with um, the narration from the spirit talking about that the city is a woman and he is really sexist. It's an extremely sexist movie. Can I, can I ask? Yes. Does it just sound... Does it? Because I feel like he narrates a lot. Mm-hmm. Does it always seem like he wants to fuck the city? Yeah. Well, um... Yeah. No, it does. He's like, I can smell her scent. The city needs me and I need her. Mm-hmm. He's calling her her. Oh. And it's really, like, really um, horrible to women throughout the film um, Samuel Jackson uh, hits him and he goes that's the spirit um, mm. how big oh he goes this is a this is a big problem for us how big octopus big Jesus <laughs> uh. Samuel Jackson no um, I think it's Alan Arkin is lying dying on the floor and he starts talking about the woman who killed him and he goes that beautiful broad. She was beautiful. Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. That's Frank Miller. It's Frank Miller? Alan Arkin is not in so That's Frank Miller. That's <laughs> no, Alan Arkin. No. That's Frank Miller. Oh, God. Um, okay, well, we're just going to run through these lines. Okay. Um, Shut up and bleed. There's nothing I like more than kicking your ass. Except maybe eggs. Um, what? Yep, Samuel Jackson says that. He references eggs a lot in this movie. Because he's an octopus? I, I don't know. Um, there's having... This is only the first 15 minutes, keep in mind. They're fighting and Samuel Jackson picks up this huge, like, steel beam and whacks them into nuts. Um, toilets are 
oh, he hits him in a head with a toilet, and Samuel Jackson starts laughing manically and goes, "What? Toilets are always funny." Um, I'm gonna beat you all kinds of dead. You're talking crazy. You're talking crazy talk. Almost there. Oh yeah. So then it goes into a big ass flashback. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just gonna power through this plot. Samuel Jackson dresses as a samurai, samurai and makes racist noises. There's three bald guys who are a bit like Tweedo D and Tweedo Dumb, except um, they use mean words to describe them. Um, there's a gum analogy, which is the same analogy Greta, which came out recently, uses about how the spirit always sticks to me. He's like gum, but gum on a warm summer day, not like gum in winter. Um, I wrote awful, 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 and then I realized I messed up taking my notes because I was there, and then accidentally went into my endgame notes there. Oh god. So, um, yeah, so you have, to break it down, there's a reason why I've never heard of Gabriel Mach before, yeah. who plays the Sparrow. I don't know what he's been in, I don't know who he is, yeah. but he is horrible it's one of the movies it feels like a sort of spoof from a sitcom of someone being like yeah he used to be a, used to be a hero um oh he's harvey specter in suits. yeah he's in suits never mind he did pretty good for himself um, <laughs> like he's having a good life yeah so um does has people like eva mendez is there being um treated like an object for the entire film samuel jackson gives the worst performance of his career and has more screen time than he has as nick fury in any of the mcu oh God. scarlett johansson and sarah paulson are there as well just being made to wear revealing outfits for no particular reason, especially Scarlett Johansson. And it's just, um, they dress up as Nazis, uh, Jackson and Johansson not a bit, um, to <laughs> reveal their secret plan on how evil they are. Um, I'm not too sure what happened in the end. I'm pretty sure it turned out that Samuel Jackson created the spirit or someone created them. Um, the spirit makes out with every single female character in this movie. And it's like, it's just what I do. Um, and yeah, it's Frank Miller's direction is awful. Um, it's in black and white, like Sin City, which is a really, really good movie. But I feel it's only came out uh, three years before this. Oh and yeah, for some reason, it feels that Frank Miller has been like, you know what? I'm a great director. And he is not. No. And oh. this, this is genuinely. The worst movie I've seen in a long time. Really? Not even like a painful to watch. I was watching it like this is the room levels of bad. <laughs> I was like, I wish I was with my friends having a few drinks and having fun with us. Okay. But let me tell you, when you're lying in a bed watching this on your own with no one to talk to, things get pretty rough. And it's it's most definitely a fifty cent movie. Oh. But I honestly would say, please, please, please. Go and watch this to see how bad it is. <laughs> I kind of want to watch it now. Have you not seen it? No. A pl- I honestly want you to watch it and give me your thoughts okay. on this. I'm going to watch it this week then, okay. Yeah, because it's genuinely that bad. and But it's it's not even like... Uh, it's not like a movie like... Remember last week we didn't get the... No one's got to hear us, but Stealth was yeah. the one. And I was just sort of like, oh, it's, it's bad, but it's not awful. This one's flat out garbage. 
Wow. Yeah. Okay then, that's uh I like that. I think that's <laughs> I have nothing more. Oh my god, that's that's fine. Like, I have nothing more to add on this. Fair enough. Well then would you like to know what you're getting next week? Yes, do you wanna know first? Um yeah, let me, what am I getting next week? Balls of Fury. Excuse me? You've never heard of Balls of Fury? Wait, 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 wait. Like, am I thinking of the right thing? I'm getting balls of... Oh my god. It's the ping pong movie um, that stars Dan Fogler and Christopher Walken. Walken. Isn't Christopher Walken like painfully racist in this? Yep. Oh god. It's really bad. It's directed by Robert Ben Garant, who made Night at the Museum. Oh, is Terry Crews in this? Can I? You're gonna hate it. It's, it's one of the worst movies of all time in my eyes. Fair enough. Would you like to know what you're getting? Yeah. You're getting Black Hawk Down. Ooh, yeah. I haven't seen this in a while. This is one of my dad's favorite movies. Like, it's got every single Hollywood male actor ever in it. It's like Band of Brothers, but in movie form. People like this one, though. Uh, it's directed by Ridley Scott. People actually do like this one, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, this it's, is, it's, it's a good okay. choice. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with this. Thank you. No worries, man. I look forward to seeing where Joss Harnett goes. Uh, I haven't... Have I seen this? You and McGregor's in this. I feel like if I have seen it, it hasn't been since I was like 13. Holy shit, like half the cast of Trainspotting are in this. Really? You and Bremner's in this, you and McGregor. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, wow. A lot of people are in it. But... And we'll have to leave that until next week. Yeah, so we, we did it. We did it. We got to the end game and we watched our shitty movies. Well, my, well your shitty movie, I didn't. I had a good one. Oh, you had a good one. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, you know what? what and yeah, <laughs> it's been a very good day. Yeah, no, really, really pleased to be given an opportunity to speak about the Muppets and the Spirit. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening and we will see you next week. Thanks, guys.